living on a prayer. Take my hand. We're halfway there. Hmm. Living on a prayer. Do you do that? Do you live on not just a prayer, but many prayers during the day? Reminded of a couple guys were on a boat and there was a storm raging and the boat was filling up with water and they didn't know what to do and they were both post-Christian. Hadn't been in church for years and years and the one guy said, I don't know what to do. We're going to drown unless we do something. Maybe we should pray. I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to pray? And the other guy said, man, I, I haven't prayed for years. I haven't prayed for years, but I'm going to give it a shot. And he said this, Lord, we're in a horrible situation. Our boat is filling up with water. We're ready to die. Now, Lord, I haven't bugged you for 30 years. And if you get me out of this situation, I won't bug you for another 30 years. Living on a prayer. Is that what is meant by, oh, a tough situation comes. And for some of us, that may be exactly what happens. We only pray when we're in trouble. But is that what it means to live on prayer? I'll be the first one to admit that I struggle in my prayer life. And I'm probably not alone. There are many of you here today that also struggle in your prayer life. As a matter of fact, if you're really honest with yourself, most of you do. How many of you struggle with your prayer life? Raise your hand. Yeah, just about all of us do. And I'm envious of people like Sherry Witchman, a member of our church who was in the early service, who has just a devout prayer life. She is a prayer warrior. She prays about everything. And hopefully, you know, some of the things I teach you today, you'll say, well, I want to be like Sherry Witchman too. I want to be like Sherry Witchman. I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to be living on, living on prayer, not only day by day, but moment by moment. I want to. So are you living on a prayer? Are you living on prayer? Most of us have to say, no, I'm not. I'm living on stress. I'm living on drugs. I'm living on alcohol. I'm living on envy. I'm living on jealousy. I'm living on fear. I'm living on anger. I'm living on lying by the seat of my pants. I'm living on coffee. We can go on and on and on about what we're living on But there's a better way to live. To bring our request before God, not only day by day, but as I said before, moment by moment. And the big question I have for you today is, how do you live on prayer? How does prayer become, listen to this, don't miss it, a way of life? And the two questions I have for you there is, is prayer a way of life for you? Is it something you can't live without? Or is it just something you do at meals, at bedtime, and maybe just a short petition or two when you have your devotion? Oh, there is so much more that God wants to teach you today. Now, before I go any further, and I might tell a joke while I'm asking you to do this, please get this at the end of the pew, pass to the person next to you, get out a pencil and write some stuff down, because so oftentimes we say we don't retain everything we hear, but we retain a little bit more when we write it down. So as you're doing that, go ahead and get this out, 
get out a pen, write stuff down, because we're going to be going through this text verse by verse today, and God has a lot of cool stuff to teach us in this text today. And I don't have my little clicker, Don, so you're going to have to help me with this as we go through this text, okay? So, living on a prayer, what does that mean, okay? The first thing I want to talk about today is in verse 2. Continue, listen, this is what St. Paul said, and by the way, before I go on, St. Paul was the guy who wrote this letter. He wrote it from prison in Rome. He wrote it to a congregation in a town by the name of what? Go back, if you would, Don. Where? Colossians. It's a town by the name of Colossae. And as you may know, maybe you don't know, and that's okay. That's why you're here. You're here to learn. So Paul wrote various letters to various congregations. And when he wrote these letters to congregations, people were dealing with certain stuff in their life. Obviously, people in Colossae struggled in their prayer life. And so St. Paul wanted to help them. He was basically saying, kind of like Jesus did to the disciples, this is what you do when you pray. And so he was teaching us how to pray. And so it says this in verse 2, continue steadfastly steadfastly in prayer. Now the word steadfastly, what does it mean? It means to be devoted to. It means to be committed to. And before you leave this place today, I want every one of you, as your spiritual leader today, I want every one of you to say, I am committed to prayer. Will you say that with me right now? I am committed to prayer. I am devoted to prayer. Say that now. Okay, so you're committing to and you're devoting yourself to prayer. You're leaving this place saying, my life is going to look different now. After I've heard that sermon today by Pastor Dave, I'm going to live on prayer. I'm going to be committed to it. I'm going to be devoted to it. Now, I know some of you are saying, I am so busy already. <laughs> you're, you know, I go to work and I got to raise kids and I got stuff going on. You're, now you're asking me to commit more time to prayer? Yes and No. Because I'm going to teach you today how to build that right into your daily routine so that it doesn't become a burden or something more to do, but it becomes a part of your life, that you're truly living on prayer. So you're committed to it. You're committing yourself to it. Now, the first thing, when we talk about living on prayer, we're talking about living attentively, and you already have that. That's the first letter that you want to put in, living attentively. Notice here what St. Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being what? What's it say there? Watchful. That means be attentive. Be alert. Literally, the word means don't fall asleep while you're praying. Now, what does that mean? When situations, listen to this, don't miss this. When situations come your way, concerns, worries, fears, doubts, apprehensions, anxiety, whatever circumstance comes your way, whatever situation meets you that day, what do you do with it? This is what we usually do. We stress, we worry, we have anxiety, we talk to other people. We don't look at prayer as a first option, but a last resort. Did you hear that? We stress, we worry, a situation, a circumstance comes, and we get so upset and so overwhelmed, and we start to stress about it. And what this is saying is, whatever situation comes your way, in your life, in the life of other people, when you're watching TV, when you're driving along the road, when you're interacting with other people, when a situation comes your way, pray about it immediately. He's saying, be attentive to the situations in your life that you can pray about. Be watchful for it. 
Now, as I said before, oftentimes people don't do this. We pray before our meals. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Or, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should, what's the one we said when we were kids? If I should die. Remember that? If I should die before I wake. That used to freak me out, by the way. Three years, if I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. If I die, I guess I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Is that the only time we pray? No, every situation that comes into your life, let the first request be to God. This is where we need forgiveness. How much stress, how much anxiety would we get rid of if we practiced this in our everyday life? We finally look at prayer as a last resort instead of a first option. Now, what kind of prayer are we talking about? Are we talking about long, dignified, pastoral prayers, dear God? We come before you today. No, is it like that? I hope not. Guys, that was supposed to be funny. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear God, please help. No, you don't want to sound pastoral. You don't want to sound like us. You want to sound like you. And it can be simple and distinct and direct and short. We call it a popcorn prayer. Lord Jesus, guide me. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, save me. Lord Jesus, direct me. Lord Jesus, change them. Lord Jesus, direct them. Lord Jesus, help them. Simple, staccato prayers. Is that scriptural? Absolutely. What did the thief on the cross say to Jesus as he put his trust in him? Lord, remember me. Remember that? What did Martha say when she was ticked off at Mary because Mary wasn't helping her? Lord, tell her to help me. What did Peter say as he was walking on water and all of a sudden began to sink? Lord, what? Save me. So these situations come, and we say, I am not going to stress about this. I'm going to talk to God about it immediately, and I'm going to do it in simple, distinct, short prayers. That's what we call, guys, living on a prayer. Really, by the end of the day, you've had such a dynamic walk and conversation with God throughout the events of your life, it, you're truly living on prayer, okay? Okay? Let me give you an example. I think sometimes we're afraid to talk to God and we're afraid to talk to Jesus because we're, we think what we have to say or what's going on in our life, A, he doesn't really care about, and really it's not that important. Or it might, we might think it's stupid. When, when you as a kid talk to your dad or mom and they have some sort of request, I hope and pray your mom and dad never say, well, that's kind of dumb. Why'd you ask me that? Right? And if you do say that, you need to repent right now, okay? Because <laughs> your kids need you. But the reason they bring that stuff before you is because they're calling upon you. Do you think sometimes we bring these requests to God? God, guide me. God, lead me. God, help me. God, support me. God, encourage me. Do you think Jesus is up there in heaven saying, hey, Dad, listen to this one. You're not going to believe this one. You think he does that? No, you know what? He tore down the barrier between us and God. He paid for our sin on the cross. We have direct access to the Father. The disciples said, how do we pray? And what did Jesus say? When you pray, say, our Father. And this Father I'm talking about is fully attentive to you. Has all his mind on you when you call upon him in prayer, not only as I said day by day, but moment by moment as situations come into your life that you need to talk to God about. Now, I tell you what, just a quick footnote to all this. 
I've been doing this stuff now for about five days. I worked on this sermon on Tuesday. By the way, some of you don't know this. I'm not in the office on Tuesday. I'm out of the office all day because I'm working on this stuff all day. And ever since Tuesday until today, every situation that I've had to deal with in my ministry, in my life, I've talked to God about it. Everyone. Do you know what it's done? Lord, my blood pressure. It'll do the same for you. I'm reminded of this lady who slept, listen to this, who slept during the bombing of her apartment in World War II. She woke up, the only thing that stood was her bed and the floor upon which it was standing. The walls were gone, the roof was gone. She slept all the way through it. This was in Dresden in 1943 in Nazi Germany. She woke up, people asked her, how in the world could you sleep during the bombing of your apartment? And she said this, the good book says I'm not supposed to worry so I let God do the worrying, and I did the sleeping. No use both of us staying awake. Is that living on prayer, guys? Can I get an amen? So be attentive to these situations that come into your life every day that you can talk to God about. Be alert. Be aware of it. Don't stress about it. Don't be anxiety-ridden about it. Simply call upon God and say, God, it's yours. And that will happen, listen to this, not just a few times a day, dozens of times a day. So the first, A. A is what now? What is it? Attentively, okay? Well, T, let's go on to T. T is thankfully. Living on a prayer means to live thankfully. Verse 2, would you read it with me as you look up here on the screen? Continually steadfastly in prayer. Let's start again. Verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, watchful in it with thanksgiving. Have you ever noticed, you as an adult, sometimes we're trying to teach our kids how to be thankful, right? And you give them something, and a little two, three-year-old little kid takes what they get, you know, takes it from your hand, and what do they do? They skip away. And what do you say then? Because they haven't said something. What do you say? Hey, what do you say? God is bestowing blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing upon us day in and day out. And we go about it, and we take it for granted, and we forget to say what? Thanks. Thanks, Jesus. I really believe that as you go through the day, there will be dozens of thank you Jesuses in your life. Thank you, Jesus, for my car. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me safely to work. Thank you, Jesus, for my coworkers. Thank you, Jesus, for this building. Thank you, Jesus, for my home. Thank you, Jesus, for the food on my table, the clothes on my back. Thank you, Jesus, that that person just encouraged me. Thank you for my friends over and over and over again. Blessing after blessing after blessing that God gives you that you can say thank you, Jesus, for. You know, a pagan will say this. A pagan will say, what I have received, I have earned. A Christian says, what I have received, God has given And if there's any kind of praise and adoration for you for what you have, repent of that. Because you ain't got nothing without God. That's not quotable, but I like it. You ain't got nothing without God. It's all God. And we sometimes look at what God does and and we forget to say thanks. We're like that little kid who goes down the aisle and you say, hey, what did you receive? What do you say? And we should say thank you, Jesus, all the time. By the end of the day, dozens of thank you, Jesuses, because every good gift, listen to this, every good gift that you have in life 
is not because of your volition, strength, integrity, honesty, decency, intelligence, or wisdom. Every good gift to you in your life comes from one source. And if that's the case, there ought to be dozens of thank you Jesuses each and every day of your life. Because they're gifts from Him. Um, many of you know we were in um, Egypt, and if you've ever been, by the way, what do you call it? What do you call it when you get an email where they try to swindle you? Egypt. <laughs> That's an original with me. I know it's bad, but I think it's funny. I got gypped through an email. Egypt. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Um, so Egypt. So we go to Egypt, and I want to tell you they are poor. I literally did not see one lawn the entire time in Egypt. Not one. Not one house like we live in with a nice yard or whatever it is. Nobody has that over there. And so my son and I, and by the way, if you've ever been overseas, you miss the United States. Isn't that right, Dave? Dave, you were there in Egypt, you know. Don't, didn't we miss the United States? You know, I'm, you know what? I'm at Burger King, McDonald's. Meat that tastes like American. I miss that, you know. It is so foreign. Well, that's because you're in a foreign country. I get that. But it was so foreign. And so we turn on TV hoping to get just a few vestiges of home. So we turn on the TV hoping that we'll find American football. But no, we found European football, which is what? Soccer. Finally, we came upon this, this one particular game called handball. Now, in my day, handball was hitting a, a ball against the wall. But that's not handball anymore. There's these handball leagues in Egypt where these people play five on a team and they throw it. It's like on a basketball court and there's a net and they throw it into the net. It's like water polo. It's, it's pretty cool. So we're watching this. After about a half hour, Joey and I say, there's nobody in the stands. <laughs> no, nobody's watching this. They're literally playing in a gym that's empty. Why is that? And literally millions of people were watching it on TV. Now, I want you to think about this. Why is that? Later that day, we had a meal, and, and I asked this, this waiter, I said, you know, I, I'm just curious. Everybody lives in these flat apartments. Why is that? And he said, well, that's really all we can afford. And I said, well, well how much does it cost to live in one of those? He said, $40 a month. I said, $40 a month? Are you kidding me? That is so cheap. And he said, yeah, but I only make $250 a month. Then it suddenly dawned on me, nobody can afford to go to events like handball or a soccer game. And I get home and I go to the Nuggets the next night. 20 bucks a pop. Don't even think about it. Guys, do we realize how blessed we are? That God just bestows all these blessings upon us over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm so much like the kid that takes it from the adult and heads down the aisle and forgets to say thanks. And we complain about stuff. Complain about other people, complain about politics, complain about the weather, complain about the traffic. Here's my challenge. Every time you feel like complaining, 
Thank God instead. Thank him for what you have. Especially thank him for Jesus. Thank him that he saved us. And even though we don't deserve it and deserve nothing but eternal condemnation and punishment, God in his infinite mercy and grace has reached down and touched our lives with the gospel. Here's another thing. If you find yourself complaining about stuff, how many people are saved in the world? About one quarter, 25%, if that. Your name is written in the book of life. Your sins are forgiven. When you take your last breath on this side of earth, the next breath you take on the other side of earth is heaven with Jesus. If that's not enough to make you grateful every day over and over and over again, nothing will fill your bucket. We find our identity, our value, our purpose, our joy in Jesus. And that's why I've quoted this song before, and I'll say it again. Hey, hey, it's a good day. Even when things aren't going my way, Jesus is Lord, and I am saved. So, hey, hey, it's a good day. Here's how we pray. A, attentively. Attentively means we're aware of situations that come our way that demand our attention in prayer. We pray attentively. T is what? You say it? Thankfully. We thank God over and over and over for the things he gives us in our daily life. Real simple things. And it doesn't have to be, again, you don't have to sound dignified like a preacher. You just have to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. But what that does is it, it, it builds in you a thankful heart, a heart that says, man, I am so blessed. And you'll start to see things differently. Again, I've been practicing this for five days, and it's changed me. I want to tell you, it's changed me. It's changed me the way I look at life and what God has given. And I no longer as much am taking things for granted in my life, but taking things that God gives me every day as a great gift from Him. Lastly, E. E stands for each. Okay, look at verse 3 and read it with me if you would. At the same time, pray also for us that God may declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. It shouldn't say God, it should say I. Who wrote this again? Who is the guy who wrote this? St. Paul. Wrote it from where? He was in prison. Okay, so that means that there were guards all around him. And what he was saying to the Colossians is, don't just pray for things that come around in your life. Don't just, just pray thanking God for stuff, but pray for others. Pray for me in particular, St. Paul was saying. I don't know if I'm going to be living tomorrow. Probably I will. I'm under house arrest, but I just never know. And as long as I'm here, pray that God gives me courage to share the gospel with people that come into this place that need the love of Christ. So the encouragement for us is to pray for each person that God lays on your heart. Now, how many times do you think of other people during the day? I would venture to say many times, right? Don't you think about your friends, your family, your coworkers, your boss, your employee, your neighbors, maybe even your enemy? Here's the thing. Not only should we think about them, but what? Every time we think about them, what, what should we do? Pray for them. So how many different people do you think about during the day when you're thinking about them and you know what's going on in their life? You know the challenges they're facing. They've shared it with you. You know what they are. This morning, I got to tell you, I got here, and the first person I saw, where's John? John Griesinger is over there. First person I saw was John. I said, man, Lord, 
And we talked a little bit. As I was walking away, I said, Lord, anoint John with your presence and your power today to lead effectively in worship in both services. Then I met Lily. Where's Lily? Lily's singing in the second service. Is she here? Uh-oh, she's not here. That's not good. Somebody else will have to sing. Anyway, Lily sang in the first service. And, and I said, Lily, or Lord, anoint Lily with your presence and power. And may she sing like she always does, like a lark. And then I met Pastor Tim, and I knew that he had a real challenging week. And, and as we left, I said, Lord, bless Pastor Tim with your strength today to lead effectively. And on and on and on. Then I met Phil Saba a little bit earlier today. I, I didn't talk to him, but I passed by him. Lord, and, you, you see what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? Why do we just think about people? Why not go one step further and what? Pray for them. Does that... Well, pastor, I don't have time. If you're that busy, you really need to slow down, right? Now, I did this on purpose. A-T-E. What is that? What's that acronym? A-T-E. What's that spell, that acronym? What? Eight. Eight. Have you ever noticed you get to the end of the day and you're physically exhausted? But do you know how you can be spiritually filled up? When you're praying attentively during the day, circumstances and, and things that come your way that you need to pray about, when you're thanking God for blessing after blessing that God bestows, you think about something that he's given, you're thanking him for it. When you're praying for people who come your way that you're interacting with or you're thinking about, you're praying literally hundreds of times a day. And do you think at the end of the day you're going to be spiritually filled up? The answer is Yes. Because you've been in intimate connection with the God of the ages all day through prayer. And this is what we mean when we say living, how do you say it? Living what? Living on, living on a prayer. Did you know all that cool stuff was in the Word of God about prayer? I didn't. Who did I say this sermon applied to more than anybody else applies to me? And I'm going to put into practice what I've learned. How about you? Can I get an amen? Be attentive. Be thankful. And every person, each person that God lays on your heart and mind, say a prayer for them. And then... Watch what God does in your life and in the life of those you prayed for. It'll blow you away. Let's close with the word of, with the word of what? Prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that you've taught us some things about prayer, Lord, that, that we really needed. I needed. <laughs> because many times my prayer life is really just kind of going through the motions. And God, maybe I'm speaking for a lot of other people here today, but when we're attentive to situations that come up that maybe we get frustrated or angry about, instead, Lord, why don't we just pray about it? Encourage us to do that. Encourage us to pray in all circumstances. As St. Paul, you've told us in your word, help us to, to, to truly arm ourselves with prayer. To not just say prayer at meals or prayer when we get up or prayer when we go to bed or 
even the greatest prayer of all, just the Lord's Prayer, because St. Paul has taught us so much more, Lord Jesus, today about prayer, to be attentive, to be thankful, and to pray for each person that you lay on our hearts. God, help us to do that. Help us to take what we've learned now and put into practice in our everyday life, attentively, thankfully, with each person that you lay on our hearts. In the precious name of you, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Oops.